section fifty one of greece and rome this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume four greece and rome edited by eva march tappan section fifty one how hannibal made his way to italy two hundred and eighteen b c by livy the second punic war broke out in two hundred and eighteen b c hannibal the carthaginian general determined to come down upon rome from the north to do this he was obliged to cross the river rhone and then the alps the following account pictures his difficulties and how he overcame them the editor hannibal the other states being pacified by fear or bribes had now come into the territory of the volsi a powerful nation they indeed dwell on both sides of the rhone but doubting that the carthaginians could be driven from the higher bank in order that they might have the river as defence having transported almost all their effects across the rhone they occupied in arms the farther bank of the river hannibal by means of presents persuaded the other inhabitants of the river-side and some even of the volsi themselves whom their homes had detained to collect from every quarter and build ships and they at the same time themselves desired that the army should be transported and their country relieved as soon as possible from the vast multitude of men that burdened it a great number therefore of ships and boats rudely formed for the neighbouring passages were collected together and the gauls first beginning the plan hollowed out some new ones from single trees and then the soldiers themselves at once induced by the plenty of materials and the easiness of the work hastily formed shapeless hulks in which they could transport themselves and their baggage caring about nothing else provided they could float and contain their burden and now when all things were sufficiently prepared for crossing the enemy over against them occupying the whole bank horse and foot deterred them in order to dislodge them hannibal orders hanno the son of hamilcar at the first watch of the night to proceed with a part of the forces principally spanish one day's journey up the river and having crossed it where he might first be able as secretly as possible to lead round his forces that when the occasion required he might attack the enemy in the rear the gauls given him as guides for the purpose inform him that about twenty-five miles from thence the river spreading round a small island broader where it was divided and therefore with a shallower channel presented a passage at this place timber was quickly cut down and rafts formed on which men horses and other burdens might be conveyed over the spaniards without making any difficulty having put their clothes in bags of leather and themselves leaning on their bucklers placed beneath them swam across the river and the rest of the army after passing on the rafts joined together and pitching their camp near the river being fatigued by the journey of the night and the labour of the work are refreshed by the rest of one day their leader being anxious to execute his design at a proper season 
setting out next day from this place they signified by raising a smoke that they had crossed and were not far distant which when hannibal understood that he might not be wanting on the opportunity he gives the signal for passing the infantry already had the boats prepared and fitted a line of ships higher up transporting the horsemen for the most part near their horses swimming beside them in order to break the force of the current rendered the water smooth to the boats crossing below a great part of the horses were led across swimming held by bridles from the stern except those which they put on board saddled and bridled in order that they might be ready to be used by the rider the moment he disembarked on the strand the gauls ran down to the bank to meet them with various whoopings and songs according to their custom shaking their shields above their heads and brandishing their weapons in their right hands although such a multitude of ships in front of them alarmed them together with the loud roaring of the river and the mingled clamours of the sailors and soldiers both those who were striving to break through the force of the current and those who from the other bank were encouraging their comrades on their passage while sufficiently dismayed by this tumult in front more terrifying shouts from behind assailed them their camp having been taken by hanno presently he himself came up and a twofold terror encompassed them both such a multitude of armed men landing from the ships and this unexpected army pressing on their rear when the gauls having made a prompt and bold effort to force the enemy were themselves repulsed they break through where a way seemed most open and fly in consternation to their villages around hannibal now despising these tumultuary onsets of the gauls having transported the rest of his forces at leisure pitches his camp i believe that there were various plans for transporting the elephants at least there are various accounts of the way in which it was done some relate that after the elephants were assembled together on the bank the fiercest of them being provoked by his keeper pursued him as he swam across the water to which he had run for refuge and drew after him the rest of the herd the mere force of the stream hurrying them to the other bank when the bottom had failed each fearful of the depth but there is more reason to believe that they were conveyed across on rafts which plan as it must have appeared the safer before execution is after it the more entitled to credit whilst the elephants were conveyed over hannibal in the meantime had sent five hundred numidian horsemen towards the camp of the romans to observe where and how numerous their forces were and what they were designing the three hundred roman horsemen sent as was before said from the mouth of the rhone meet this band of cavalry and a more furious engagement than could be expected from the number of the combatants takes place for besides many wounds the loss on both sides was also nearly equal and the flight and dismay of the numidians gave victory to the romans now exceedingly fatigued there fell of the conquerors one hundred and sixty not all romans but partly gauls of the vanquished more than two hundred this commencement and at the same time omen of the war as it portended to the romans a prosperous issue of the whole so did it also the success of a doubtful and by no means bloodless contest when after the action had thus occurred his own men returned to each general scipio could adopt no fixed plan of proceeding except that he should form his measures from the plans and undertakings of the enemy and hannibal uncertain whether he should pursue the march he had commenced into italy 
or fight with the roman army which had first presented itself the arrival of ambassadors from the boii and of a petty prince called magalus diverted from an immediate engagement who declaring that they would be the guides of his journey and the companions of his dangers gave it as their opinion that italy ought to be attacked with the entire force of the war his strength having been nowhere previously impaired the troops indeed feared the enemy the remembrance of the former war not being yet obliterated but much more did they dread the immense journey and the alps a thing formidable by report particularly to the inexperienced hannibal therefore when his own resolution was fixed to proceed in his course in advance on italy having summoned an assembly works upon the minds of the soldiers in various ways by reproof and exhortation he said that he wondered what sudden fear had seized breasts ever before undismayed that through so many years they had made their campaigns with conquest nor had departed from spain before all the nations and countries which two opposite seas embrace were subjected to the carthaginians that then indignant that the romans demanded those whosoever had besieged Seguntum to be delivered up to them as on account of a crime they had passed the iberus to blot out the name of the romans and to emancipate the world that then the way seemed long to no one though they were pursuing it from the setting to the rising of the sun that now when they saw by far the greater part of the journey accomplished the passes of the pyrenees surmounted amid the most ferocious nations the rhone that mighty river crossed in spite of the opposition of so many thousand gauls the fury of the river itself having been overcome when they had the alps in sight the other side of which was italy should they halt through weariness at the very gates of the enemy imagining the alps to be what else than lofty mountains that supposing them to be higher than the summits of the pyrenees assuredly no part of the earth reached the sky nor was insurmountable by mankind the alps in fact were inhabited and cultivated produced and supported living beings were they passable by a few men and impassable to armies that those very ambassadors whom they saw before them had not crossed the alps borne aloft through the air on wings neither were their ancestors indeed natives of the soil but settling italy from foreign countries had often as emigrants safely crossed these very alps in immense bodies with their wives and children to the armed soldier carrying nothing with him but the instruments of war what in reality was impervious or insurmountable that saguntum might be taken what dangers what toils were for eight months undergone now when their aim was rome the capital of the world could anything appear so dangerous or difficult as to delay their undertaking that the gauls had formerly gained possession of that very country which the carthaginians despair of being able to approach that they must therefore either yield in spirit and valour to that nation which they had so often during those times overcome or look forward as the end of their journey to the plain which spreads between the tiber and the walls of rome he orders them roused by these exhortations to refresh themselves and prepare for the journey next day proceeding upward along the bank of the rhone he makes for the inland part of gaul not because it was the more direct route to the alps but believing that the farther he retired from the sea the romans would be less in his way with whom before he arrived in italy he had no intention of engaging 
after four days march he came to the island there the streams of the aar and the rhone flowing down from different branches of the alps after embracing a pretty large tract of country flow into one the name of the island is given to the plains that lie between them the allobroges dwell near a nation even in those days inferior to none in gaul in power and fame they were at that time at variance two brothers were contending for the sovereignty the elder named brancus who had before been king was driven out by his younger brother and a party of the younger men who inferior in right had more of power when the decision of this quarrel was most opportunely referred to hannibal being appointed arbitrator of the kingdom he restored the sovereignty to the elder because such had been the opinion of the senate and the chief men in return for this service he was assisted with a supply of provisions and plenty of all necessaries particularly clothing which the alps notorious for extreme cold rendered necessary to be prepared after composing the dissensions of the allobroges when he now was proceeding to the alps he directed his course thither not by the straight road but turned to the left into the country of the tricastini thence by the extreme boundary of the territory of the vocandii he proceeded to the tricorii his way not being anywhere obstructed till he came to the river druentia this stream also arising amid the alps is by far the most difficult to pass of all the rivers in gaul for though it rolls down an immense body of water yet it does not admit of ships because being restrained by no banks and flowing in several and not always the same channels and continually forming new shallows and new whirlpools on which account the passage is also uncertain to a person on foot and rolling down besides gravelly stones it affords no firm or a safe passage to those who enter it and having been at that time swollen by showers it created great disorder among the soldiers as they crossed when in addition to other difficulties they were of themselves confused by their own hurry and uncertain shouts publius cornelius the consul about three days after hannibal moved from the bank of the rhone had come to the camp of the enemy with his army drawn up in square intending to make no delay in fighting but when he saw the fortifications deserted and that he could not easily come up with them so far in advance before him he returned to the sea and his fleet in order more easily and safely to encounter hannibal when descending from the alps but that spain the province which he had obtained by lot might not be destitute of roman auxiliaries he sent his brother Caeneus scipio with the principal part of his forces against hasdrubal not only to defend the old allies and conciliate new but also to drive hasdrubal out of spain he himself with a very small force returned to genoa intending to defend italy with the army which was around the po from the druentia by a road that lay principally through plains hannibal arrived at the alps without molestation from the gauls that inhabit those regions then though the scene had been previously anticipated from report by which uncertainties are wont to be exaggerated yet the height of the mountains when viewed so near and the snows almost mingling with the sky the shapeless huts situated on the cliffs the cattle and beasts of burden 
withered by the cold the men unshorn and wildly dressed all things animate and inanimate stiffened with frost and other objects more terrible to be seen than described renewed their alarm to them marching up the first acclivities the mountaineers appeared occupying the heights overhead who if they had occupied the more concealed valleys might by rushing out suddenly to the attack of occasion great flight and havoc hannibal orders them to halt and having sent forward gauls to view the ground when he found there was no passage that way he pitches his camp in the wildest valley he could find among places all rugged and precipitous then having learned from the same gauls when they had mixed in conversation with the mountaineers from whom they differed little in language and manners that the pass was only beset during the day and that at night each withdrew to his own dwelling he advanced at the dawn to the heights as if designing openly and by day to force his way through the defile the day then being passed in feigning a different attempt from that which was in preparation when they had fortified the camp in the same place where they had halted as soon as he perceived that the mountaineers had descended from the heights and that the guards were withdrawn having lighted for show a greater number of fires than was proportioned to the number that remained and having left the baggage in the camp with the cavalry and the principal part of the infantry he himself with a party of light armed consisting of all the most courageous of his troops rapidly cleared the defile and took post on those very heights which the enemy had occupied at dawn of light the next day the camp broke up and the rest of the army began to move forward the mountaineers on a signal being given were now assembling from their forts to their usual station when they suddenly beheld part of the enemy overhanging them from above in possession of their former position and the others passing along the road both these objects presented at the same time to the eye and the mind made them stand motionless for a little while but when they afterwards saw the confusion in the pass and that the marching body was thrown into disorder by the tumult which itself created principally from the horses being terrified thinking that whatever terror they added would suffice for the destruction of the enemy they scramble along the dangerous rocks as being accustomed alike to pathless and circuitous ways then indeed the carthaginians were opposed at once by the enemy and by the difficulties of the ground and each striving to escape first from the danger there was more fighting among themselves than with their opponents the horses in particular created danger in the lines which being terrified by the discordant clamours which the groves and re-echoing valleys augmented fell into confusion and if by chance struck or wounded they were so dismayed that they occasioned a great loss both of men and baggage of every description and as the pass on both sides was broken and precipitous this tumult threw many down to an immense depth some even of the armed men but the beasts of burden with their loads were rolled down like the fall of some vast fabric though these disasters were shocking to view hannibal however kept his place for a little and kept his men together lest he might augment the tumult and disorder but afterwards when he saw the line broken and that there was danger that he should bring over his army preserved to no purpose if deprived of their baggage he hastened down from the higher ground and though he had routed the enemy by the first onset alone he at the same time increased the disorder in his own army but that tumult was composed in a moment after the roads were cleared by the flight of the mountaineers and presently the whole army was conducted through not only without being disturbed but almost in silence he then took a fortified place which was the capital of that district 
and the little villages that lay around it and fed his army for three days with the corn and cattle he had taken and during these three days as the soldiers were neither obstructed by the mountaineers who had been daunted by the first engagement nor yet much by the ground he made considerable way he then came to another state abounding for a mountainous country with inhabitants where he was nearly overcome not by open war but by his own arts of treachery and ambuscade some old men governors of forts came as deputies to the carthaginian professing that having been warned by the useful example of the calamities of others they wished rather to experience the friendship than the hostilities of the carthaginians they would therefore obediently execute his commands and beg that he would accept of a supply of provisions guides of his march and hostages for the sincerity of their promises hannibal when he had answered them in a friendly manner thinking that they should neither be rashly trusted nor yet rejected lest if repulsed they might become enemies having received the hostages whom they proffered and made use of the provisions which they of their own accord brought down to the road follows their guides by no means as among a people with whom he was at peace but with his line of march in close order the elephants and cavalry formed the van of the marching body he himself examining everything around and intent on every circumstance followed with the choicest of the infantry when they came into a narrower pass lying on one side beneath an overhanging eminence the barbarians rising at once on all sides from their ambush assailed them in front and rear both at close quarters and from a distance and rolled down huge stones on the army the most numerous body of men pressed on the rear against whom the infantry facing about and directing their attack made it very obvious that had not the rear of the army been well supported a great loss must have been sustained in that pass even as it was they came to the extremity of danger and almost to destruction for while hannibal hesitates to lead down his division into the defile because though he himself was a protection to the cavalry he had not in the same way left any aid to the infantry in the rear the mountaineers charging obliquely and on having broken through the middle of the army took possession of the road and one night was spent by hannibal without his cavalry and baggage next day the barbarians running in to the attack between the two divisions less vigorously the forces were reunited and the defile passed not without loss but yet with a greater destruction of beasts of burden than of men from that time the mountaineers fell upon them in smaller parties more like an attack of robbers than war sometimes on the van sometimes on the rear according as the ground afforded them advantage or stragglers advancing or loitering gave them an opportunity though the elephants were driven through steep and narrow roads with great loss of time yet wherever they went they rendered the army safe from the enemy because men unacquainted with such animals were afraid of approaching too nearly on the ninth day they came to a summit of the alps chiefly through places trackless and after many mistakes of their way which were caused either by the treachery of the guides or when they were not trusted by entering valleys at random on their own conjectures of the route for two days they remained encamped on the summit and rest was given to the soldiers exhausted with toil and fighting and several beasts of burden which had fallen down among the rocks by following the track of the army arrived at the camp a fall of snow it being now the season for the setting of the constellation of the pleiades caused great fear to the soldiers already worn out 
with weariness of so many hardships on the standards being moved forward at daybreak when the army proceeded slowly over all places entirely blocked up with snow and languor and despair strongly appeared in the countenances of all hannibal having advanced before the standards and ordered the soldiers to halt on a certain eminence whence there was a prospect far and wide points out to them italy and the plains of the po extending themselves beneath the alpine mountains and said that they were now surmounting not only the ramparts of italy but also of the city of rome that the rest of the journey would be smooth and downhill that after one or at most a second battle they would have the citadel and capital of italy in their own power and possession the army then began to advance the enemy now making no attempts beyond petty thefts as opportunity offered but the journey proved much more difficult than it had been in the ascent as the declivity of the alps being generally shorter on the side of italy is consequently steeper for nearly all the road was precipitous narrow and slippery so that neither those who made the least stumble could prevent themselves from falling nor when fallen remain in the same place but rolled both men and beasts of burden one upon another they then came to a rock much more narrow and formed of such perpendicular ledges that a light-armed soldier carefully making the attempt and clinging with his hands to the bushes and roots around could with difficulty lower himself the ground even before very steep by nature had been broken by a recent falling away of the earth into a precipice of nearly a thousand feet in depth here when the cavalry had halted as if at the end of their journey it is announced to hannibal wondering what obstructed the march that the rock was impassable having then gone himself to view the place it seemed clear to him that he must lead his army round it by however great a circuit through the pathless and untrodden regions around but this route also proved impracticable for while the new snow of a moderate depth remained on the old which had not been removed their footsteps were planted with ease as they walked upon the new snow which was soft and not too deep but when it was dissolved by the trampling of so many men and beasts of burden they then walked on the bare ice below and through the dirty fluid formed by the melting snow here there was a wretched struggle both on account of the slippery ice not affording any hold to the step and giving way beneath the foot more readily by reason of the slope and whether they assisted themselves in rising by their hands or their knees their supports themselves giving way they would tumble again nor were there any stumps or roots near by pressing against which one might with hand or foot support himself so that they only floundered on the smooth ice and amid the melted snow the beasts of burden sometimes also cut into this lower ice by merely treading upon it at others they broke it completely through by the violence with which they struck in their hoofs in their struggling so that most of them as if taken in a trap stuck in the hardened and deeply frozen ice at length after the men and beasts of burden had been fatigued to no purpose the camp was pitched on the summit the ground being cleared for that purpose with great difficulty so much snow was there to be dug out and carried away the soldiers being then set to make a way down the cliff by which alone a passage could be effected and it being necessary that they should cut through the rocks having felled and lopped a number of large trees which grew around they make a huge pile of timber and as soon as a strong wind fit for exciting the flames arose they set fire to it and pouring vinegar on the heated stones they rendered them soft and crumbling 
they then open a way with iron instruments through the rock thus heated by the fire and soften its declivities by gentle windings so that not only the beasts of burden but also the elephants could be led down it four days were spent about this rock the beasts nearly perishing through hunger for the summits of the mountains are for the most part bare and if there is any pasture the snows bury it the lower parts contain valleys and some sunny hills and rivulets flowing beside woods and scenes more worthy of the abode of man there the beasts of burden were sent out to pasture and rest given for three days to the men fatigued with forming the passage they then descended into the plains the country and the dispositions of the inhabitants being now less rugged End of section fifty one this recording is in the public domain